From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. Several European leaders are now self-isolating after French President Emmanuel Macron disclosed that he had tested positive for COVID-19. The Prime Minister of Spain, the head of the European Council and the head of the OECD are among those taking precautionary measures, having met earlier this week with President Macron. From FSN's Brussels bureau, Lucy Hoff reports. The French president was diagnosed with the virus on Thursday after showing symptoms. He'll now self-isolate for a week but continue his duties remotely. Emmanuel Macron was due to be in Lebanon on the 22nd and 23rd of December, but his isolation now ends on the 24th, so the trip has been cancelled. Mr Macron hosted the Portuguese prime minister in Paris on Wednesday, the day before the positive test. Lucy Hoff. Brussels. Millions more people in England are being placed under the toughest COVID-19 restrictions as the country tries to slow the infection rate. From the city of Bristol, FSN's John Beaver reports. Almost 70% of England will be under the harshest tier three coronavirus restrictions from Saturday. That means pubs and restaurants are takeaway only and entertainment venues like cinemas will be closed. Despite climbing infection rates and increasing the number of areas in Tier 3, the government will still relax the rules over the Christmas period and allow up to three households to mix indoors. The US Food and Drug Administration is expected to recommend a second vaccine for use across America within the next few hours. Its advisory board is meeting to assess Moderna's vaccine. The tests show is more than 94% effective. Dr Anthony Fauci, chief medical advisor to President-elect Joe Biden, says he expects the vaccine will win FDA backing. I would be surprised if we didn't see the same result regarding the FDA and Pfizer compared to FDA and Moderna. The results are so similar and the platforms are essentially identical. Russia is being banned from using its flag or even the country's name at the next two Olympic Games or at any world championship for the next two years. The decision was made by the Court of Arbitration for Sport, although it did halve the four-year ban proposed last year by the World Anti-Doping Agency. Russia has been accused of tampering with a drug testing laboratory in Moscow. The cleanup is underway on America's east coast following the first winter storm of the season. At least two people were killed as the storm made its way from the Carolinas up the eastern seaboard. Reed Lamberty is with electricity company National Grid in Massachusetts. We do have already uh, pre-staged the hundreds of crews uh, throughout the state to restore any power that this uh, storm causes. The National Weather Service says in some places the storm is bringing more snow than fell in the entirety of last winter. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. Obamacare. The very sound of it makes many of us cringe because we know our choices have been limited and the premiums just keep going up every year. We send our money to big insurance companies who cover elective abortions and profit from us while we struggle to make the monthly payments. Aren't you ready to break free from the shackles of high-cost health care? Please meet my friends at the Alliance for Shared Health. ASH for short. ASH is a health share ministry with over 40,000 households participating. They integrate best-in-class healthcare access solutions with the health share world to solve the health care crisis. As a member, you share in the financial burden related to catastrophic health care expenses while also having your own needs met. It's so easy. 
You can access the virtual care provider at zero cost, pick up a prescription from the pharmacy using the Share Prescription Card, and order expensive lab or imaging tests at discounts of 60 to 80%, conveniently accessed on your phone via the Share mobile app. Not only is ASH helping U.S. residents break free from government-controlled health care, ASH is an international health share ministry. $1 per household per month connects members to its East African health share predecessor, where thousands and thousands of lives are being saved through the ASH-funded pediatric hospital in the remote villages. With open enrollment here, now is your chance to save 50 to 70 percent on your monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of so many in need. Reach out to ASH today. Visit ashcommunity.org. That's ashcommunity.org. Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare, changing lives. To sign up or learn more about the Alliance for Shared Health and how you can be a member, go to stacyontheright.com and click on the banner. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination, rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome into the program tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. You haven't caught us on Sirius XM. That's a daily affair, and you can sign up. All kinds of great deals going on over at SiriusXM.com where you can listen to the show, and you can do that on your SiriusXM app. You can listen in your car. You can listen in a rental car. If you rent a car, the Sirius app is available to you, the actual Sirius radio. It's in most rental cars now, so you can always have us with you, even on the go. Tonight on the program, I want to discuss this latest migrant caravan or caravans that have formed in South America, one in Honduras and others. In response to this apparent announcement, our contested elections and the result that Democrats are calling for a president-elect Biden. This is something that he has been very clear about during his candidacy, that he would stop the construction of new border wall and and that he would reopen the southern border to people claiming asylum coming in and waiting in the interior of the country without any enforcement or monitoring. And those people would be allowed to disappear into the interior of the country while they filed their asylum claims and waited for the adjudication of those claims. So it's interesting is the fact that he's not even been sworn in and the caravans are forming. It's my pleasure to welcome Senator James Paul Lankford, who serves as the junior United States senator from Oklahoma since 2015, previously served as the U.S. Rep- Representative for Oklahoma's 5th Congressional District. Senator Langford, thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure to join you. You're the first person since my mom to call me James Paul Langford. I feel like I'm in trouble, though, <laughs> when you call me by my full name. Not here. You're not in trouble here. So I, I'm super excited to talk to you about some of the accomplishments that the president has had over the the course of yep. his first term. Um, I, I read the letter, the resignation letter from Bill Barr uh, on the air because I felt like it was such a great rundown of all of the things that the president accomplished when he was in office. And, and one of the things that is really important to me and a lot of people out in America and, and just regular folks is that you do what you promised on the campaign trail and that you have accomplishments to show for your time in office. Well, he definitely has accomplishments to be able to show, whether it's foreign policy, domestic policy, tax policy, 
social policy. You you take it economic, uh, the growth of individual income for every individual, uh, the growth of jobs and opportunities. Uh, as he talks about all the time, even the growth in the stock market, which you can't base your whole life on the stock market, but even that has reached new highs. Uh, multiple times through his time as president. So there's been some pretty remarkable markers for him. Remarkable in that he made a lot of big promises. He said he would cut taxes. He'd slice regulations two for one. He said he'd do a lot of different things. And he actually did those things, some of which were the not just the amazing economy that he presided over, but the record low unemployment rates for everyone. Right. Yep. And that was a big deal. And so cu- cutting taxes was really significant. Uh, the liberals still are furious about it and keep saying it was just corporations that got to cut in taxes. And every American keeps looking at their checks saying, actually, my check's a little better now uh, in this process because everybody got a tax benefit uh, during that tax time. And what happened is exactly what he said would happen and what a lot of us have said would happen. We reduced taxes and simplified the process. We actually had more revenue come into the federal treasury than ever in the history of the federal government because more people had a job. And since they had a job, they were making money and they were paying more taxes. So reducing the rates, the way that we did it and how we did it actually helped everybody have a little more take home pay and actually helped our federal debt a little bit as well, uh, because we continue to be able to have more revenue come in. Let's talk a little bit about foreign policy, Senator Langford. One of the yep. things that I, I've been so fascinated with has been the uh, the emergence of what I've been calling the Trump doctrine. Now, if he was a Democrat it would be the Trump doctrine because everybody on mainstream media would have called it that because there's been such huge successes, like the kinds of successes that were thought to be impossible, like all of these Middle East peace deals between Israel and the surrounding nations. Yeah. So you start getting into foreign policy wins, you get a pretty long list stacked up. Let me start with where you ended there. Israel has had uh, three peace deals total in the history of their country, 75 years. They've had now four in just the last six months uh, under the Trump administration. Uh, That is remarkable to see the transition. The uh, Arab countries in the region would not recognize Israel, its right to exist even. And now there's diplomatic relationships happening. Every day there are flights uh, between the United Arab Emirates and Israel. There are actually uh, Emiratis that are buying uh, soccer teams, uh, the rights to them in Israel, and promoting them. It's remarkable what's happened here with this incredible peace that's breaking out in the region. So we've got those nations that are engaging. NATO partners who were not paying their fair share years ago now are stepping up and paying more to be able to do their own defense. And the president has pushed them to say, hey, we're not going to defend you forever. You've got to step up. We're not we're not three years after World War Two at this point. You've got to actually step up and do your part, and they are stepping up to do their part. What's happening in Central America, where Central American nations are doing more in their own economic development and are saying, how can we keep people at home rather than sending people to America to have economic growth, is a great gain not only for American policy, but also for Central American policy. And when you go in the East and what the president has done to isolate China and to be able to push back on them, what every other president was saying, we got to find a way to give them a hug. He was saying, I don't, I don't have to hug China. we got to isolate China uh, to be able to say they are a long-term threat to us. Everyone acknowledges that now, but that was not so four years ago when the president stepped in. Uh, a lot of people were saying, hey, China's not so bad. Now everyone sees China for exactly who they are and the threat that that communist nation really is. So yeah, I, I can keep going around the world, even areas like uh, Kosovo and Serbia, 
that years ago were at odds with each other. The president led to a peace deal. There was just so much other things happening that no one even noticed that. But that was an enormous win for the State Department. Uh, But again, there's just so many that a lot of people just ignored it. And so speaking of wins that have kind of faded into the background and are no longer discussed, North Korea. I remember when President Trump was elected and it was the lame duck and people were saying, well, you know, they'd they'd get on CNN on panels and they would speculate about how many days America had before we were in a full broiled war with North Korea, that the president had a hairpin trigger and wouldn't be able to negotiate with or even discuss uh, stopping the rockets that were flying over our expats in that region. And instead, President Trump made friends with that tin pot dictator and got him to stop shooting rockets. And things have been so much calmer. It's it's not even a topic of discussion anymore, Senator. Yeah, North Korea is back to being as isolated and tiny as North Korea really is. Uh, so there's been a big push there. Obviously, they're still trying to be able to push to get to a nuclear weapon, but they've stopped all their saber rattling in uh, where they are. And President Trump doing exceptionally uh, un- unorthodox, driving the State Department folks crazy kind of stuff meeting with this dictator in North Korea. Uh, and the whole goal is we want to keep us from getting to a war. Uh, we don't want to have to send our folks over to North Korea to do this, but neither can North Korea continue to be able to threaten us and our neighbors. And so he engaged in a way that no other president had and actually got some engagement and got them to be able to slow down the process. So I, I keep thinking about um, Iran and the isolation that they're currently experiencing, which is only going to escalate and intensify with other Middle Eastern countries. As you said, UAE, um, it's like the glittering jewel of the Middle East in a lot of ways, besides Israel. And for them to have a partnership now where they're flying back and forth and Israelis are getting married in UAE and vice versa. And it's just they're two beautiful countries and they're kind of showing everyone else the way. And Iran continues to refuse to step up to the table and just acknowledge the right for Israel to exist. Do you see anything on the horizon that might bode well for them, or is this going to be the continued path forward for for Iran? So Iran and the Iranian people are really two different things. Uh, When you talk about Iran, uh, there are a lot of Iranians that don't agree with the dictatorship of the mullahs and the ayatollahs that are there in Iran that are over overwhelming their opinions and their ideas. So there are a lot of great Iranian people that are much more frustrated with the direction Iran is going than even we are. But we we cannot go back to the policy that was in the uh, Obama-Biden administration to just say, well, let's Iran have as much money as we want, and we'll just ask them not to do nuclear weapons, and we'll just take for granted that they're not going to do it. Um, The whole region was nervous under President Obama uh, because he kept reaching out to the Iranians and isolating everyone else. President Trump totally turned that on its head and and said, no, Iran is the problem in the Middle East. If you want to identify what's the problem in the Middle East, it's Iran. Iran is the one who's funding Hezbollah. Uh, Iran is the one who's, uh, who's funding Hamas. Iran is the one who's destabilizing the area around Syria. Iran is the one who's backing up Bashir Assad in Syria and and his bloody work that he's doing against his own people. Iran is the problem. And so when Trump called it out and said it is what it is and said we will stand with the UAE, we'll stand with Saudi Arabia, we'll stand with with, um, uh, the folks in Lebanon and Israel, and we're going to make sure that we're going to continue to defend them from the threats of Iran, it's made an enormous difference just by isolating them. 
Uh, so we'll, they'll they'll continue to be isolated as, as long as we maintain this policy. That kind of pressure gives the ability for the Iranian people to be able to step up and say, we really want to go a different direction. So in going a different direction, because um, I, I see some parallels with the Iranian people, they have... Uh, they have they're they're a wonderful group of people, but they have bad leadership and unseating bad leadership is very difficult once it becomes entrenched. And I, I see, you know, that that is similar to Venezuelans. They, they're a wonderful people, but they have horrible yep. leadership that has led them down a path of really it's it's ruinous for them. And it will be a while before they can actually change their country back into the, the glittering country that it once was. Speaking of, uh, of foreign policy. That kind of intersects with domestic policy, if you will. We have our southern border um, where we've had a lot of successes under this president. Uh, what do you see happening over the next six months with that? If, if there really is horror upon all horrors, what looks like is going to happen is a Biden administration in Jan- on January 20th. So if, if there's a Biden administration that comes in January 20th, I think the first thing that occurs is people started loading up in Central America and Mexico and saying, I'm going to I'm going to head for the border and I'm going to form a caravan and I'm going to see if this administration will stop us or if they will just let us in in mass. And if that first caravan gets through, which I bet the Biden administration would, if that first caravan gets through, then there'll be just millions of people come at the border and, and say, great, it's our time to be able to come through. And, uh, and that, that's a major concern for everyone here in the United States to say, if we're not monitoring our border, uh, if we're not trying to enforce it, if we don't know who is coming across our border, that's a significant problem. We as Americans have never had a problem uh, with allowing people to come into the country legally and to be able to have legal work that's here. Our issue has been allowing people to be able to cross illegally and not knowing who they are and having a secondary tier for work uh, that everyone competes with. And so that that's my concern in the process. Now, the president's done a lot of work uh, in bringing a higher morale uh, to the Customs and Border Protection folks uh, who have just been decimated over the years. And if you want to talk about a really difficult time, those folks at CBP have had a tough time dealing with COVID uh, because they have folks coming across the border uh, that are COVID infected, and they've got to be able to deal with those folks. And uh, we've had quite a few of our agents that we have lost to COVID. Uh, because of trying to be able to interdict folks trying to be able to cross our border illegally. So they're, they're building the wall that the president's doing, establishing barriers, establishing a good legal process are all really important. But if Biden comes into office, I think he tries to unwind it all. Well, he'll try to unwind it. And there'll be uh, I, I think there's going to be some pushback, though, because, you know, Senator, as much as Democrats love bleeding heart liberalism, they don't like it when it hits their doorstep. We saw it with the defund the police movement. They were all for it until they saw what defund the police meant. Now they're walking that back in some jurisdictions. I just wonder if we have a few hundred thousand people amassed on the southern border, COVID infected, coming through with no pushback from the Biden administration, what that looks like in the way of not not Republicans, but Democrats having something to say about that. Yeah, I, I think whether it is COVID or not, I would hope people would awaken and say, hey, there, there's one work to do that's humanitarian work, and we already engage with millions of dollars in foreign aid, 
into assisting Central America and Mexico and doing everything we can to be able to help stabilize their economy, our trade agreements and everything else to try to provide them as many opportunities as we can. There's one thing to be able to say, let's provide great opportunities so that the whole region is prosperous. And there's another thing to say, let's just open the borders. And I would hope that people would look at it and say, Let, let's let's have some humanity. Let's try to be able to help people around us as we can, but let's also be attentive uh, to where we are as a country and that basic law and order as well. Well, you know, I think uh, you've made an excellent case for the president's accomplishments, and I've been so just honored to have been able to serve on a couple of coalitions and to interface with him that way and to represent just a part of the campaign to the American people, which I thought was a stellar effort, and there was just so much good about it, so many wonderful opportunities across the country for people to hear the president speak in person, uh, understand his message, and also to interface with his family, who they were the the chief campaigners aside from the president. And so it, it's just great to uh, kind of reminisce about that and think about how wonderful all of it was and to look forward to better times ahead. Hopefully, you know, we, we never know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm looking forward to there being... Wonderful times ahead, no matter what happens on January 20th. Senator Langford, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, for all of the work that you've done on behalf of the American people. Thanks. It's really been an honor and uh, glad to be able to have a good good chance to be able to talk. And I hope to talk to you again in 2021. Sounds good. Merry Christmas in the meantime. Merry Christmas. And that was Senator Langford. I am so excited that we got a chance to interview him. That was my first time. Find out more at StacyOnTheRight.com and sign up for the Alliance for Shared Health Health Sharing Ministry, which can save you up to 70% by going to StacyOnTheRight.com and clicking the banner link. All right. Have a great night, everybody.